Hello, and welcome to Babe Cave. I am Amanda Pollock, and this is the Reincarnated Book Tour, Three Things with Ann Taylor Pittman. Ann is a James Beard Award-winning writer, the author of Everyday Whole Grains, and most recently, uh, the executive editor at Cooking Light Magazine, where she did all of the above for 20 years. And you might notice this episode... Anne uh, is not with us. So I'm going to be real with you. So Anne was probably, she was one of the first people I wanted to have on this book tour for Reincarnated. Also, if you don't know, I wrote a book, Reincarnated, How Lost Dreams, Jobs, and Love Set Me Free. It is the tale essentially for anyone who is going through a transition, anyone who has thought that they don't know what their next step is. Anyone who believes that there's a singular life they're supposed to be living, and side note, uh, that is not true, Uh, but I am doing this book tour and bringing in women who have been there throughout my journey and talking about how they themselves have been reincarnated through the loss of their dreams, jobs, loves, etc., and what that kind of looks like for each person. So Anne uh, was one of the first people I thought of. Because, and we'll get to this a little bit later, but uh, Cooking Light, the print edition, uh, it had its last issue December 2018. And since then, Anne has been pivoting and trying to figure out what that next step is. Her Instagram bio says currently working on plan B. So I thought she was a natural fit and she's charming and she's so funny. And I was really excited. Well... (laughs) You know, you know how it happens with plans. (laughs) So I had this plan and she was going to be on it. It was going to be great. We tried two separate times and both times there were recording malfunctions or files that weren't saved. And I'm not going to like bore you with the details. But anyway, I'm real mad, really, really angry. (laughs) And I thought that it was ruined. Uh, Anne so graciously gave hours of her time. And when I say hours, I mean literal hours to do this with me. And I felt defeated because I didn't have anything to show for it. I didn't have any kind of evidence for her or for anyone else. And I beat myself up a lot. I think as most of us do, right? You have this idea of something you, and especially if you include somebody else in it, and if it doesn't go the way that you thought, You feel like everything is lost and you feel like you can't move on in some way. Like I kept telling myself at first, like, well, if I don't have her in the interview, like I can't do anything. But that's not true. (laughs) I decided that uh, not today, Satan. And everything that Anne told me, I could still share with you. Also, She, I have to have her on the show. I don't care if I have to drive down to Birmingham. I don't care if I bring her all of the bourbon. She's going to be on the show because you all need to hear her words from her. But for now, this is how it's going to be. And if I know you who are listening, I feel like you'll find some grace (laughs) for how I'm delivering this and that you also understand and you'll find so much value in these three things that I really gathered from (laughs) the multiple times that Anne and I talked, and I think that you'll be able to 
take what she has uh, learned along the way and figure out how to apply that to your life. So (laughs) welcome to Three Things with Ann Taylor Pittman. So um, like I said, Ann and I met at Cooking Light Magazine, and uh, the first thing that I would say uh, for this list that came to mind, it was really do what you love and make things that matter. So Anne was an English instructor at Mississippi State University, and that's where she got her undergrad and her uh, and went to grad school. And she loved cooking light, like loved it, was obsessed. She calls um, she's a self proclaimed fan girl, and. If I remember correctly, she uh, heard from a friend who worked at Southern Living, which was the sister magazine for, um, which is the sister brand for Cooking Light. Uh, Cooking Light actually came out of a column in Southern Living and then became its own publication. And so Anne loved it so much and then heard that there um, were positions open and her parents had recently moved to Birmingham, so it seemed like a natural fit. And, you know, all of the stars kind of align. And so she applied for an editorial assistant position. And as she tells it, that that was where she was really able to learn a lot because you are. And I can tell you, um, having been the editorial fellow, you really do get to see all kinds of all sides of how the magazine runs. And then she moved up to the copy um, department and then moved through the food editorial um, department and then all the way up to executive editor. And the one thing that really stuck out to me when we were talking, all of the times, but (laughs) she really, really emphasized this idea that it was working in a lot of different departments. It was working uh, with a lot of different people that she really understood how much other people depend on you or how much you shouldn't make people wait. So many times we get stuck into our one thing, our one job, our one responsibility, and we think that we are the only uh, we're kind of like our an island, like it doesn't affect anyone else. But everything that you do affects everyone else who you work with. They're depending on you for different things. Maybe you don't think that a deadline is that important, but you know it hinders the production of the whole ship. I don't know if ships even are in production, but anyway, you get what I'm saying. <laughs> but it was so true. Like she never, and even when I was there, she never made it never made anyone feel that what they were doing was not important. That, you know, because she was, I mean, she, she was like, she was the number two, honestly. Like she was right under our editorial, um, our editor in chief, (laughs) editorial, editor in chief. Um, she was a, she's a big deal. And she never, uh, made it seem that like anything she was working on was, uh, more important than what anyone else was doing. That like you had to, you know, you should wait for her. You should give her um, special treatment for anything. It was uh, such an, honestly, it was really an inspiring uh, thing to see as as a fellow, as someone who was switching careers. I really had a good example. I had a good role model in Anne. And uh, something that, 
came through in everything that she did. She loved being at Cooking Light. You know, she was still <laughs> she was still that fangirl, but she she loved everything that she did. I could go to her with uh, I answered the customer emails, and so people would write in. And Cooking Light customers, like customers, uh, readers, are some of the most dedicated people. And like I've worked at a, di- a lot of different companies, I've worked with different brands. There really is nothing like a Cooking Light reader. And they would write in and they would say, "Oh, you know, there's this." recipe from 9th September 1997 and it was on the left side of the page and there was this other recipe above it you know that had something to do with pumpkin um seeds and I I can't find this one recipe that I had could you help me and Anne and another one of our um super dope cooking light ladies Hazel uh knew Every recipe that had gone through that magazine, they knew where to find things. And the fun thing about Anne is I would go into her office and I kept thinking like, there's no way this lady is going to know this recipe. And she would. And then she would have like seven adjacent recipes. Like, yeah. And then, you know, if they like that one, you should also suggest this one and you should uh, and send them this. And, you know, she would give me this big, long list of things and So many times you go and you work somewhere and people become jaded. People aren't excited about coming into work. And there's always things about any job that you're not going to like. But Anne was such a good example of like, it matters that you really do something you love. And what you love doesn't have to be what somebody else loves. I mean, we all have things that we are good at, that we Um, environments where we thrive. And I think it's important for us to find those things and lean into them. You know, Anne could have just said, oh, I just like reading the magazine. There's no way I would ever get hired. I would never move to Birmingham. I shouldn't do any of those things. And she didn't. And thank goodness. (laughs) Thank goodness she didn't because Cooking Light would have missed out on so, so much. And another thing that I want to say too about this of like, do what you love and make things that matter. You know, it really showed in uh, how she showed up for the people who she worked with because she really loved being there. And then that was just contagious. I mean, I don't know anyone uh, when when I was at Cooking Light who didn't want her in the room, who didn't want her opinions because she was also so willing to hear insights and ideas from other people. And that's the um, a telltale sign of a true, a true leader. So, so number one <laughs> of what Ann Taylor Bittman taught me, do what you love and make things that matter. And uh, which brings me to number two, um, great art comes from great pain. So Anne, uh, she grew up in Mississippi. And her parents uh, met in South Korea. It was during the Vietnam War. Her dad was in the army and was stationed in Korea. And he met her mom. And her mom uh, is from South Korea. And her mom was her dad's barber. And he said it was love at first sight. And um, her mom wasn't so sure. But it's a be- it's it's such a beautiful. Uh, 
story beginning and when she when she was telling me this uh, she said that they are still so very much in love and the to hear her describe it it brought tears to my eyes because I could only hope to find a love like that uh, I hope all of us do and so anyway uh, but so Anne was at her um, she has two boys, and she was at her. She was at school having lunch with them, and this, you know, little boy walks by, and he smiles at her. And at first, she was like, "Oh, that's very nice. Like he's, you know, this nice little kid just smiling at me." And he he goes, "Hey, Chinese lady," and and stopped. Like it was like a punch in the gut. Um. It took her back to when she was younger and people didn't know how to deal with her, as she says, otherness. You know, you know what black is, you know what white is, but she was something different and she never really knew how to explain it to other people. And so um, when that happened, you know, it as as I think it would anyone, uh, it just kind of like is a a dagger in the heart. And so she, she went back to the office and, uh, the editor in chief at the time, Scott Mowbray, she told him about it. And instantly he says, you have to go to Korea and you have to write about this. Like you have to meet your family over there. And she's like, what? <laughs> like, no way. There's no way. There's no way I could do that. And he's like, no, he's like, and the name of the article is going to be Mississippi Chinese Lady Goes Home to Korea. Which is incredible that he came up with that that name right then and there. Uh, for anyone who knows anything about, like, titles and stuff, like, that's pretty incredible that he thought of it there and then it ended up being the, the title. And so she um, – and I, I have this linked uh, on my website. So um, – and you can find, you know, this full post with the show notes – and you can read it for yourself because it if it doesn't bring you to tears, then there may be something wrong because it is a beautiful tale of the uh, finding yourself even in a place that you never knew as home and how we exist in so many places and how uh, we are a part of so many people, even ones who we have never met. This story ends up uh, being uh, nominated for a James Beard Award. And it was also the same year that uh, the cookbook that Anne co-authored with Scott Mowbray, it was Cooking Lights, The New Way to Cook Light, is nominated for a James Beard Award. And if you don't know, uh, James Beard Awards are really like the Oscars for food and food media. And Cooking Light at the time wasn't really on the map. For anything like that. Anne will say that she had some very well-meaning friends who were trying to kind of um, lower her expectations for winning and just saying it's probably not likely that, that you would win. And uh, she did. They won both of those awards that night. And I think that it is such a wonderful reminder that the best things come from the greatest pain. Because Anne didn't know that she wanted to get that vulnerable. She was scared to write that story. She didn't know that if she wanted to share all of that. And 
And it was really through this story that she was able to even hear stories from her mom and really understand where her family fully came from and who she is. And we are so often afraid of getting vulnerable and getting deep and sharing that with other people because it's just a little too scary. I mean, even before I started Babe Cave, like, I remember thinking, uh, I don't know if I want to share some of these things. There's even some things I still don't know if I want to share. But the truth is, is that the more vulnerable you are, the greater chance that you have to affect people. And says that uh, the, the letters that she got from readers, it was just overwhelming. And... So many people who, you know, uh, had had these kind of dual lives and never really knew how to explain it. And uh, her story gave them some kind of hope. Her story gave them uh, solace. You know, it, it gave them a, a place of comfort. So I would say that uh, if there's anyone <laughs> listening who doesn't know if they should be sharing something that is deeply painful uh, with the world or that they don't want to turn it into something, I would highly encourage you to try and find some kind of positive way to turn that into good, to turn that into something that you can share. Because if, if Anne hadn't have been pushed by her boss and sent halfway around the world when magazines still had budgets to do that, uh, the, the world would have missed out. And, and also, it's incredible that she won this prestigious award because she just cracked her heart open. I think sometimes we just underestimate everything that we can do because we think, no, no, not me. Which brings me to the last and um, probably most important point, I think, but that you are more than you know. So... When, uh, when Cooking Light, um, when it was announced that the print edition would be no more, there was uh, I'm, a lot of messages, a lot of uh, things kind of circulating through people who uh, had, had been at the magazine, who had left. We were all kind of talking. Uh, it, was really, it was really weird. It was, uh, it's really hard to put into words, honestly, like what all of that felt like and what it even still feels like. But I remember one of the first thoughts I had when I heard that was what happened to Anne. The more people I talked to, they said that that was their first thought. And that was actually a lot of people's first question to me when I told them what happened. And I think that's a testament to who Anne is and the work that she did. And honestly, uh, for so many people, she really was the heart and soul of Cooking Light. And um, I might start crying. <laughs> um, the thing that is so incredible about that. Um, you know, this is someone who never saw themselves, saw herself as a writer, 
um, before she wrote Mississippi Chinese Lady, you know, she had written a lot of things for the magazine. She believed that, you know, writers were um, wrote novels and all of these different things, and she didn't realize that every single thing that she had, you know, these little small things that she had written for the magazine or articles, et cetera, that that made her a writer. You know, she was never able to see herself as that. And it really was because other people pushed her and told her, this is, this is who you are, that she stepped up. And um, something that she will say, too, is <laughs> that for her, you know, when you um, – and also, I think it's important for people to realize that, you know, magazines, uh, especially like when I was at Time Inc., there were like these rolling layoffs, right? So when I first got there, I was very aware, I talk about this in the book, I was very aware of how robust uh, Birmingham used to be. I was very aware of all of the brands that had been there, and I was also aware of what, you know, just rolling layoffs, that the company was constantly reevaluating things, and so there would be a small wave of layoffs, and then there'd be some time, and there'd be another one. So as Anne tells it, you know, when it was their time, like she she said that, you know, she had always joked that, uh, you know, basically looking for plan B, um, having plan B. And she said, but I just never did. I just didn't think it was going to happen to me. And I think so many people can identify with that. I didn't think it was going to happen to me. I was told different things. Um, and then my contract just wasn't renewed. And there is just this uh, huge hole that's left. But something that <laughs> struck me when Anne and I were talking is she said, you know, it was sad. It's sad for me to lose my job, but it's even sadder for the world to lose Cooking Light. And she said that because um, of the readers. And she said that she knows how much Cooking Light meant to them because they told us. And it's so true. This really might make me <laughs> tear up. But they did. They showed up uh, constantly. You know, I when I moved over to Facebook Live, um, for the video department at Time Inc., I I got to work with Anne a lot more, getting her on Facebook Live and getting her uh, comfortable doing live video. And she was so great and wonderful. And the reaction that people had every time she would get uh, screen time was so much fun to watch. And she really came alive with that. And and people remember the people who care. You know, Cooking Light readers showed up because Cooking Light showed up for them. And Anne was such a huge part of that. And I think that uh, for anyone who doesn't know if they matter or if what they do really has any kind of impact, honestly, if you're doing what you love and you're making things that matter, I think all of these things go together. And in addition to that, uh, Anne was asked to write the last ad letter for the Cooking Light print edition, which I think just says volumes about herself as a not only an executive editor, but as a human being, that she would be the one to uh, send it on its last hurrah. I asked, uh, I asked Anne, uh, 
what would be some advice for young Anne? And she said, you know, believe in yourself, girl. Like, just believe in yourself. And we should all do that. We all wildly underestimate where we can go, the things that we can accomplish, how much our story really matters to other people. So believe in yourself. Absolutely 100%. And yeah, (laughs) so... uh, Anne is currently, she is working on plan B. Uh, For those of you who want to find her, which I highly recommend, and if uh, we are friends in real life, I most likely have told you to follow her on Instagram because all of her food photos will make you super, super jealous and hungry. But you can find her at anntaylorpittman.com and on Instagram at anntaylorpittman. And... uh, Thank you <laughs> for tuning in and bearing with me through this. I I hope that you liked it slash loved it. Want to share it with people. I promise. I'm going to get Anne on here because her laugh and uh, honestly, she had me laughing through so much, but uh, she is a fantastic storyteller, so I have to get her on here. <sighs> Friends, um... So yes, thank you for tuning in. Uh, get on over to amandapollock.com. You can pick up your copy of Reincarnated, How Lost Dreams, Jobs, and Loves Set Me Free. And uh, you will also get a bonus audio training called The Thrive Formula, putting a lot of these key concepts throughout the book into tangible steps for you. Also, $1 from every book goes to St. Jude. St. Jude is the patron saint of lost causes. I felt lost along the way. Families of St. Jude have felt lost. And then somehow hope is around the corner, even when you don't think it is. And so uh, I'm trying, I want you to, to join me in this effort to make sure that no family receives a bill for transportation, treatment, housing, or food. So Uh, I hope you will join me in that. Also, when you go over to my website, amandapollock.com, you can get a download of the first chapter of the book. So there's a lot of winning going on over there. So you should just, you know, go be a winner. But um, thank you so much. And uh, I can't wait to be with you next week.